This is the Cigar Authority. Go, Harry. Go. The authority on everything cigar. That's what I'm talking about. Featuring cigar celebrities from every major cigar brand. You're going to see some serious Awesome. With your host, David Garofalo. Do you know who I am? This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. And Mr. Jonathan. Mr. 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 Kind of a big deal. People know me. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Look at what we have here. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Who wants to have some fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like starting with a Whitney Houston song or something oh like that because God. every TV show, every, every radio show, everything starts off with a Whitney Houston song. So all you have to do is uh, inhale some white substance into your nose and you get everyone talking about you. That's it. The give greatest life, thing ever. I give your life for your country. I thought no Mother Teresa died or something. It seemed like it was... Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Whitney Houston. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. I'm Mr. Jonathan. Say I your am name. Mr. I am Mr. Jonathan. Chuck Morrison. My name is David Garofalo. We are broadcasting live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. If you'd like to come by and say hi, we are off exit one off Route 93 in Salem, New Hampshire. Just take a right, head on down Route 28, pay us a visit. You can't miss us. There's a giant smoking Davidoff cigar out front. It's huge, right up tall. It's right awesome. Can't miss it. Can't miss it. Uh, people are leaving the cigar industry or just shuffling the deck. Yeah, uh, we'll which talk one about is it? that. Which one is it? Rhode Island has banned flavored cigars. Uh, we'll see if the U.S. Constitution has anything to say about that. Uh, we're going to hear from the CRA and the problems hitting the cigar industry and um, information on new cigars and upcoming events and lots of stuff going on this week, along with um, a, a little game we're going to play, Smoking Cigars, today. But first, we are being listened to and brought to you by Moe's Italian Sandwich Shop right here in Tax-Free Salem, New Hampshire. And we are being brought to you by uh, on, or listening to on, whatever it is. The radio stations are WWZN AM 1510, The Revolution in Boston, WGHM 900, The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire, WARL 1320, Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, and WGAM 1250, ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. And we are listened to on the Cigar Station, not live, but last week's show, twice on Sundays from 11 to 1 and 11 to 1, morning and evening. And if you're uh, at home and the radio station's a little fuzzy and you want to catch the actual video broadcast of our show, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but if you do want to do that, yeah. you can catch us on thecigarauthority.com. Also on thecigarauthority.com is our podcasts, available for your downloading convenience on demand, and they're also available on iTunes, where you can set them just to set, go right onto your iPod or your iPad or whatever your mobile device is each and every week. Set it and forget it, right? Set it and forget it. Like Ron We're Paul. everywhere, guys. Yes. Everywhere. <laughs> now, uh, we, we are on the video streaming that we have on um, Podbean. No. Ustream. Ustream. Uh, we lost a whole bunch of the videos this morning. We did. Um, so it can only hold so much, apparently. We have uh, two years' worth of stuff on there. Had. So, had. 111 shows. 
Deleted? Okay. On video. We didn't delete that many, but that's how many we had. Ah, yeah, nice. It only takes so much. So, uh, you know, you, you probably got about six months to watch the videos that are on there, and then those will be deleted. What we ended up saving is some of the early ones, the real bad ones. Yeah, we wanted to be able to go back <laughs> and laugh at ourselves. Uh, yeah, they were terrible. Um, and um, the most recent. So, uh, and then maybe a couple in between that meant something to us or whatever it is. So. And my favorite, by the way, is Days Office. That's By the way, Jonathan, you didn't see, we, we looked at the numbers. One of the most downloaded shows live from Dave's office. Wow. Because they want to see what, what's up in that mess. Maybe. I should have cleaned it up a little bit. And we actually, we I had only, no idea. We only went over like 20% of the stuff up on his walls. We could easily revisit oh. that show in a couple of months when we're uh, lacking material. And just go up There's there. a lot of material up there. There's also a, a mess of stuff, but a few different things could happen. We could just smoke the stuff that's laying on the desk that I have to get through that week. It could be a whole show. Yeah. This show's just laying on the desk up there. So All right. While, while you guys were sleeping this morning, I was working. Yes, I heard. I saw I the DJed little, uh, my very first ever yoga event. It was awesome. The dance floor is packed the whole time. Right? Well, like, it's really difficult to tell if they're digging your stuff because they're downward facing dog and they're baby posing and so treeing. You play the the like little, little 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 music type of thing, or do you playing songs? Well, I, I did get a little bit of a rise out of the teacher when they did downward facing dog, and I put on Atomic Dog the first time. She thought it was funny once, not <laughs> not so funny the second time. No, you got to do it once and just back <laughs> off and good night, everybody. When they did know? the when they did the tree pose, I did the I see trees are green. You know, I kind of goofed around a little bit, kept it light and airy. But yeah, I played some of the. Anya style stuff, some Nora Jones, mixed it in there. Yeah. It was good. Will they ever have you back? Was that a mistake? Or no, they'll have me back. We're going to do it again. They liked it. It was good. They liked it. I don't know how I feel about getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to DJ, because originally she said, yeah, we'll, we'll go at 8 o'clock, and I, I'm like, okay. And then as the conversation's going on, I already agreed. I realized she meant 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. That's not cool. There's two 8 o'clock. Yeah. No I, that's when morning. I'm going to bed sometimes. I could have easily just stayed up the extra couple of hours and not slept and gone in, but I've got a DJ tonight. It would have been a mistake. So do you know about the yoga stuff? Do you know? I've done yoga. Yeah? Okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of yoga pants on hot girls. I don't know what that is. There were several of them, so it was... There was some scenery going on. Okay, we are going to do something different we've never done before because um, our uh, friend Mike Havey that's a uh, fill-in for you, Chuck. I don't Chuck, know if we want to really say friend. He's acquaintance. Well, anyway, he he blind taste tests me all the time, giving me a cigar with uh, with a with a band cover. This is for Chuck, and this time he's given us three different cigars, and he said, "What do you think about this idea that I'm going to give you three cigars, and you guys tell me uh, not necessarily what the brand is, which you know we're going to try to do anyway because you get, just can't stop." And right. One, two, three. Don't slide the bands up because underneath the band is the real band, so uh, we we won't know what that is. But uh, we have uh, um, three cigars each, the same three cigars, labeled in Roman numerals one, two, and three. So we're to smoke one, two, and three, not in order, but all at the same time. Oh. And we're going to do it this whole hour. We're going to smoke three cigars the at the case, same time. I'm going to put down my cigar of the year, Ortec. Oh, you smoke them? I lit that up this morning. Okay, put that down because we have uh, three cigars to smoke at the same time. And what we're going to try to do to, to help our palate out and help uh, us 
become the cigar authorities that we are. And it's a constant battle. You always have to continue to practice to hone in on your craft and know what's going on. But what we're trying to do here is to detect the type of tobacco used in each cigar and to know which one is Honduran, which one is Dominican, and which one is Nicaraguan. So that he told us. One is Dominican, one is Honduran, one is Nicaraguan. Which one is is that is what he wants to know. I'm going to take it a step further, and I actually want to know even more, as much as we can possibly know about it. But what we'll see here is that they all have... A characteristics among um, that type of tobacco. Now, I want you to understand that we're not saying where was the cigar necessarily made, because sometimes there'll be a cigar made in a certain country that uses tobacco from another country. But uh, I asked them not to uh, mess around too much on us on that and, and give us a Honduran cigar that uses 100% Nicaraguan tobacco <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's kind of... Because he's a little jerk and he would do that. Yeah. So we pretty much have a, a straight type of brand that uses primarily their type of tobacco. We also have a... Um, Pretty famous name cigar. Not all at the same time, all at the same time. He's lighting them all, which is, he's doing it wrong, folks, because he's not pre-tasting it. He's not giving it, you're just not, you're just trying to be the clown that you are. <laughs> so you obviously don't appreciate good humor. Good. Um, what, the first one, number one, is a light-colored cigar. And number two is a is a darker color, and number three is even darker than that, uh, on my particular three anyway. Um, the number one looks like it would be a shade wrapper. It could be Ecuadorian shade. It could be Connecticut shade. It looks like it's grown in the shade. Um, is that all you have to so, say about that? No. Growing, growing in the shade will influence its color? Yeah, they put um, cloth uh, tops over the tobacco plants that grow so it doesn't get direct sunlight to it. Cool. Um, and um, it makes it so that the wrapper comes out thinner and um, lighter in color. Uh, this is almost like a little green tintish to it. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was Claro. Yeah, which is Claro would be thing, but it's not. It's a very light Connecticut shade. Um Oh, I'm trying, you know, without uh, coming up with the answer, what would it be like? It would be like um, what, what you would imagine Macanudo to be, um, Avo, Davidoff, you know, the lighter, lighter yep. colored tobaccos. Little pause. So, yeah, apologize for the dead air, but we had to uh, light three cigars. Light three light. cigars. That's not easy. That's why I jumped ahead. I was trying to get all mine lit so that while you were lighting, I could talk. And uh, then you gave me a hard time. I'm a very sensitive person, you know. I know. As I found out this morning. So, DJing, I don't know if you ever did this because you, you were back when you were a DJ, you had to break music. So, you had a different responsibility. My uh, responsibility now is to. Uh, that get, doesn't happen anymore because of the internet and people get yeah, it. Yeah, no, they get it. Yeah, it's, there's no uh, there's no breaking of music anymore. So what I tend to do, my approach is to match music up to uh, the energy of the room, the situation that's happening, which you were probably against back in the day because you were all about 
just pushing the envelope as far as what you can get. Yeah, 70s, early 80s was when the when the nightclub would break break the music, right. not not the radio stations. And the radio stations, I would actually report to the radio stations and tell them what's hot in the nightclubs, and then they would add that to their playlist. Those days are long gone. Right. So uh, for me, it was uh, sometimes 10 seconds would be left of the song, and I'd get an idea for the next song that would match up the energy of either what the, the last song that was just played or where I thought the pose was going, which was interesting because I know just enough about yoga to be dangerous. So, uh, you know, if it looked like we were doing something a little more athletic, I was playing stuff that's a little more uh, up-tempo. Are these all pretty girls or is these uh, guys? There were some guys. Yeah. Some Interesting to watch the difference between boys and girls do yoga because the, girl, the teacher would say, this is level one, level two, level three of the pose, level three being the most difficult. And both guys would go right to level three whether they could do it or not. And then all the girls would start at level one and then slowly work their way up to see if they could handle it. And now uh, smoking all three at the same time, you notice the draws are very, very different. Yep. One draws so effortlessly, maybe underfilled. One's pulling a little tight. One, It's it's all different. This is a very, very interesting um, way to it's awesome. and, and see the dramatic difference because smoking a cigar after you smoked another one, you say, wow, this is different for about two seconds until you start getting into it. Now you're smoking all three at the same time. So... Uh, all right. Yeah, that's the first thing. I'll tell you, uh, construction-wise of each of them, even though uh, um, the, the pull is different, each one is constructed, to, as far as I'm concerned, my feeling, each one is done very well. So, uh, and Havy tells me this is uh, real deal manufacturers. This is no little companies that you never heard of. These are top, top brands that uh, everybody uh, that's a cigar-smoking person is going to know what this is. All right. The, uh, the lighter one here is... Kind of, um, it's got like a sour. Can you bring your mic a little bit closer? Sorry. Thank you. How's that? Better. It's kind of sour and number one. I'm not digging number one. It's. It, I don't know what's what the deal is with it yet. It's still early on, which sometimes yeah, there can be a little bit of bite with uh, Honduran tobacco. There can be a little bit of goofiness. I don't always like a Honduran cigar right off the bat. It, uh, you got to give it time to go in. So maybe. Maybe one's Honduran. Okay, Havy's about to say something. It looks like. <laughs> don't don't tell us any any tricks. Don't tell us anything. Don't give us any hints at all. Uh, whether you know he's he's smiling because you know could it be you hit it on the head or, or you're smiling be because you're so wrong. you're so wrong. Yeah. Right? So Havy's <laughs> going to jump in here. The reason why I'm smiling is Mr. Jonathan's not even smoking the cigar. He's looking at me, and he's like, is it Honduran? And he's looking at my face like, hmm. Yeah, see, and if he can read you, that's what's going on there. Sometimes that's the Speaking of Mr. Jonathan reading you, I almost forgot. Oh, great. Today is Mr. Jonathan's book report (sighs) about Mrs. Jonathan's book, Searching for Julia Stone. We interviewed your wife, Mrs. Jonathan, yesterday, last week, yesterday, last week, and um, your your, um, thing for this week was to to read a book about yourself, which you should be very interested in, and uh, give us a little uh, five-minute book report on it. So what do you got? Well, we left off last week. I was on page three. And I learned a lot about my wife. And I'm still on page three, and I still know exactly the same amount about my wife. But you have I, not read the book. I've sold 
now 29 books. So I feel like that should count for something. You really didn't read it. My mother read the book. Really? Well, there's a difference between your mom and I. She has pretty much nothing going on during the day, and I work all day. I haven't had time to read it. This is a book about himself. <laughs> I'd want to know. I mean, I... Did you read it? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not about right. me. I mean... You can shut up, If then. Laurie wrote a book about you, David, wouldn't you want to know? I mean, Of course. Of course. Out of curiosity, if anything else. Loosely based. He's a DJ, although he was a sexy man. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't know where that was all about. So, uh, you didn't do it. Yes. I plan on reading it. I got some downtime coming up. Well, uh, we the got next some. Decade. We, we got some downtime right now because we got five minutes set up right now for you to talk, <laughs> give us the book report. So I guess uh, we're gonna go back to the cigars we're smoking. <laughs> Mr. Jonathan's so. book report. Okay. I uh, thought they, you were kidding. No, I'm not kidding. So, Read so the book. it gives you a second chance to hype the book and say, you know, the people that are listening now that didn't listen to last week's show, the book is Searching for Julia Stone. How did they get it? You get it on Amazon.com. Deborah, Deborah Monk. Deborah Monk, M-O-N-K. Um, so I'm fine. Yeah, someone's saying I get an F- minus on the book report. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Um, and uh, she's got a book signing today in Wyndham, New Hampshire at the Wyndham Junction. A.K.A. The Kitchen at Wyndham Junction. Great food there. Uh, so she'll be there signing books from 2 to 4. And, okay. Uh, that's what so we Go got. get a book. If not, go get go. a book. You read it and then tell me about it. And then I'll pretend like I read it. Or go into a bookstore and buy the book. It should yeah. be it should be arriving at the Barnes & Noble here in Salem in the next couple of weeks, uh, according to the publisher. So we'll see what happens. Okay, and any bookstore that you normally get your books at. You can simply just say, order me a book. Right. And that's really what you should do rather than, not that there's anything wrong with Amazon, but, you know, big internet company, you'd be better off supporting the local economy and going to the bookstore, pay the extra couple bucks, or order it on your Kindle, because then my wife gets the extra money. I don't know how it works that way, but she gets a little bit more if you get it on your Kindle. Oh, really? Yeah, if you do okay. the, the e-reader. It's a uh, it's only a fifteen dollar book uh, regular anyway. Yeah, fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, so it's um, okay. This Monday, February twentieth. This Monday, uh, and I'm looking at Mike over here. Mike Ward is International Pipe Smoking Day. This Monday, February twentieth. And he's got a, a look on his face of disgust, and he's the resident. He's the pipe, pipe smoker, guy. the guy, the go-to guy when I have to have a new tobacco, new uh, pipe tobacco blend, uh, because I'm not into it, to be honest with you. I mean, we carry it. I have pipes. I had to be the one that would do it until I found Mike ten years ago, whatever it was. Five zero. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hawaii Five O. Where are we oh, going? He's, he's got fifty pipes. Oh, five wow. zero, and he and he's got it's International Pipe Smoking Day. Not interested. Owns fifty <laughs> pipes. No interest at all. Um, supposedly pipes are supposedly. I hear it every year. Pipes are making a comeback. It'd be nice if it is, but um, I don't see it. Uh, but maybe it starts up. I mean, we certainly carry uh, a little bit of pipes. We have pipe tobacco, but um, I, I don't see a, a big thing. But we'll, we'll see if it can start surging this Monday, February 20th. I'm going to break out one of my pipes and light up for the day anyway. And uh, what do we have on this? Uh, oh, um, this is the fifth annual International uh, Pipe Smoking Day. Uh, pipe smokers everywhere will raise their pipes together and foster friendship. Benevolence 
and tranquility across all borders, according to the United Pipe Clubs of America. United Pipe Clubs of America. Uh, first time was in 2008. Um, it started off with a uh, uh, smokers forum on the Internet, and they finally put the thing together, and uh, they have a day. And that's the day, this Monday coming up. Right now, uh, they say, how many people do you think smoke pipes? Right now, um, let's see, there's 4,000. Remember, this is, this is international. One out of 1,000. That would be cigars. That's cigars. Uh, I'm going to say that... Uh, how many mi- millions? We're, we're, we're talking in millions. Millions of people? Shout out to Don Brennan. Nice. That's Don Brennan. I'm going to say that there are one point our city in Weymouth, 1.2 million pipe smokers in the world. That's a low number. That's my guess. You guys do have a number? I'll say like five million. It is 2.2 million. You are a million off. But I was the closest without going over. Therefore, I win this week's contest. Yeah. (laughs) 2.2 million people smoked tobacco in pipes last year. Uh, which is a 38% increase over the past seven years. So I guess it's, wow. it's great. It's a small, small number, though. And these poor guys with the uh, pipe tobacco, they're getting uh, uh, killed on the taxation of pipe tobacco because there's a lot of companies putting supposedly, in quotations, pipe tobacco, which is really the tobacco used for rolling cigarettes. So, it was a, it was taxed far less than cigarette uh, than cigarette tobacco. So now they've taxed pipe tobacco that bad too. So a pipe smoker, you know, one of these 2.2 million uh, people worldwide, are now paying a huge amount of tax because uh, they because of some companies that are calling their tobacco uh, pipe tobacco, but it's not. It's can you imagine if the government decided that people who read books are not worthy of having the same tax codes as everyone else and so now they decide we're going to tax books extra heavy you don't have to read them if you don't want to you don't have to smoke a pipe if you didn't want to or a cigar or a cigarette we are we're we're, uh, very unfairly taxed there's no doubt about fairly is an understatement Uh. there's another thing that's going on right now it's it's in massachusetts acton massachusetts a family of atheists is suing the school system to take under god out of the pledge of allegiance now when under god was put in the pledge of allegiance it was uh dwight eisenhower that put it in and we were in the middle of, a, of uh, or the start of uh, a war and uh second world war was it 50s yeah so thank you that's when dwight eisenhower was 41 i'm not really a history buff i swear well, you're, you're acting like you're a history buff. Just, you're telling us history i i, I looked it up but I, i'm terrible with the dates and i'm sorry but anyway, so the, the, the theme under God was not necessarily saying to you that the United States was going to pick which God you were going to worship. It was saying that you, you are to put your God first, your country second. That's what the pledge is all about. 
and they're trying to sue and say, no, you know, we're going we're gonna to have God not be first or, or whatever they're going to do because the government's telling them which God they have to worship. I, I don't feel like that's the case. All right, you don't feel like it. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> Flavored cigar bands in Rhode Island are becoming a serious objection, uh, and the Constitution has something to say about that. Big-name baseball players joining forces with a big-name cigar smoker. We'll tell you about that and a lot more. We're smoking three cigars at once. We're chain-smoking here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. This is Pat Whitley. Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices, it's Stogie Heaven. There's a patch of land in Cuba located exactly at the latitude and longitude of 22 degrees north by 83 degrees west, where you will find Hacienda El Corojo, a plantation that once grew the best tobacco in all of the world. Today, these fields are not producers of tobacco any longer, but the seeds from their prize-winning plants still exist today. 2283 is a cigar brand that uses authentic El Corojo seed in its entire five-country blend. Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican El Corojo filler, certified Costa Rican Corojo binder, and finished off with lush, oily, Brazilian El Corojo seed wrapper, all from the seeds of the mother plants. 2283 come uncellophaned in wheels of 20, white tissue wrapped in bundles, and then safely placed in cedar cabinet boxes. Find out what's missing in today's cigars. It's El Corojo. 2283 has it certified. One taste and you'll understand the old flavor you've been longing for. It's back and it's 2283. Confucius. Chinese philosopher teachings have gone from the golden rules to fortune cookies. Confucius say, what you do not wish for yourself, you do not do to others. Confucius say, knowledge is recognizing what you know and what you don't. Profound? Maybe 200 years ago, but today, it's our pleasure to bring you Zing. Zing, spelled X-I-N-G, is a whole new smoking sensation. Zing Cigars not only shares medium-bodied, rich flavor from its deep, dark wrapper, but it's the deep, dark wisdom from the back of each of its cigar bands. Zing say, man who go to bed with itchy bum, wake up with a smelly finger. 
way better than any Chinese fortune cookie and way better tasting. And just like Chinese food, shortly after you've had it, you'll love to have another. Zing. It's what some call the modern day fortune cookie. A great cigar with a little something extra. A little fun and a whole lot of flavor. Zing. Hi, I'm Mr. Jonathan, the owner and operator of MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com. MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com is your one-stop shop for everything DJ or sound production. We do everything from weddings to backyard barbecues, boat cruises to theme parties. Whether you are planning a small, intimate gathering or a huge 4,000-person event, we have a package to fit your needs. Shoot me an email at info at MrJonathanIsMyDJ.com or call me at 603-475-1391. That's 603-475-1391. And we are back live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. This is the Cigar Authority. And we are chain smoking today, three cigars at once. We are determining what country they're coming from. One comes from the Dominican Republic, one comes from Honduras, and one comes from Nicaragua. And as we're doing that, we're finding very different things about the cigar. The, the draws are dramatically different. The, the, the tastes are dramatically different. And these are supposedly, not knowing what the answers to these things are, these are supposedly big-name brands, and we'll see about that uh, when, we, we, when we determine uh, what the answers were. But they're supposedly big-name brands and very reminiscent of that particular country. And we say supposedly because Mike Cavey doesn't always follow instructions. No, nope, he, throw, he throws in he uh, monkey curveballs yeah. curve and different things. So ho- hopefully he didn't because we're trying to uh, determine something. And I've determined a lot, uh, and I don't want to ruin it. Uh, for you guys, I want to hear your uh, answers. I've been doing this for a long, long time, uh, trying to really know about tobacco and taste it. And there's some things uh, when I taste, I, I know the answer right off the bat. I can go as far as to uh, know one of these cigars. Uh, I know who makes one of these cigars, I think. Uh, this would be terrible if I could yeah. answer wrong. Well, terrible for you, but awesome for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, something has a very unique taste to it that I can taste, and it's so reminiscent of um, the factory that makes it. Uh, the other two, I think I know the country of one of them uh, for sure, which would leave the the other one the remaining thing. If I know two of them, I get the answer to the third one. Uh, what, what, what do you you, you know you? talking in between the break chuck what do you think i'm telling you guys like i'm loving number three i don't know what it is <laughs> i love number three we were talking dave if you go between number one which is the lightest of the cigars for opinion, sure for sure might be the dominican in my guess one or two is probably one uh to number three which is the more heavy fuller bodied of the three um i'm preferring that one which i'm going to assume is probably Honduran. okay and, and what are you saying mr i'm going to say that i agree with chuck that three if I were to put them in order, I would say, strength-wise, it would be one, two, three in the order that the bands are. Yep. Uh, and then I'm going to say, for me, I like three as well, but I'm guessing three is Nicaraguan. Uh, and I think we're all agreeing one is Dominican, which would make number two Honduran. That's my guess. Let's go to the uh, the authority. I think Mr. Jonathan's got it right. I As think he gets. Well, we it don't know right if it's right. We, right could, we, could, we could both be wrong, but uh, Honduran has, which, which you said earlier, I, I determined number two was Honduran on the first puff. Wow. 
because it's got a bite to it. I, I like Honduran cigars. I just don't like the first puff, which, listen, if you if you go into a cigar store, you take one puff of cigar and say, I don't like the cigar, you actually got to give it a chance because right. the very, very early thing that happens to Honduran cigars is, is a bite. Um, and uh, the Nicaraguan is more in, in the nose is where I can and taste the cigar. It's the heaviest one of all, which would be number three. And the Dominican one, which is an awful light Dominican cigar, whatever this is. Um, it, it's uh, And I love Dominican cigars, but this one to me seems very, very on the extreme of light. Light, uh, and, and I would say compared to the other two, and I would have to, you know, you compare apples to apples typically. I would say it, it's even a little underfilled, number one. Yeah, that's the easiest draw. There's no doubt about it. They're they're all uh, made well. The cap looks nice and everything on it, but it's um, I don't know. It's it, and I like mild cigars, but this is on the almost tasteless type of thing. And right. I, and when I get to the point of guessing it, I have a good guess of what that cigar is also. All right. So that's where I am. Right. Are we going to try to guess the cigar makers as well? Because that's yeah, the, we'll guess it all. That's my but, weakest. Well, not right now. We that's get my in, weakest. We'll get into into the whole thing of uh, as it's going on. But uh, moving on, we're going to continue to smoke them. And uh, when we get to the top of the hour, um, after the break, we'll come back uh, with what we have determined. And this is the reason why you keep try to keep people listening to the show, right? Right. <laughs> It'd be nice if other people were doing it, though. Remember, uh, was it last week, the week before, they said, why don't you, this would be a great thing to have a whole bunch of people doing it at yeah. the same time. Be- you know, you're the newest guy here, Chuck, yeah. as far as smoking cigars. You see the dramatic oh, it's amazing. Dramatic. And it's funny you say that because that was the first thought I had. What an awesome experience this would be, this would be for, for listeners to participate. So maybe yeah. uh, we could do this as a future event, put some more planning behind it. And, right. You know, have people participate. And I honestly think that for our, uh, it's too it's too close and the year went by so fast with uh, all the other stuff we've got going on. But I think we need to put some serious thought into a third year Cigar Authority anniversary and do some of the goofy stuff. Stuff that we do on the show with a group of people, and that's coming up soon. When uh, our second year anniversary is coming up, uh, the end of March. Um, it is March twenty fourth. March two years. Amazing. That went quick. So quick. Two years, and they say it wouldn't be done, huh? <laughs> Yeah, everybody said this isn't going to happen. A cigar show two hours about I talking was, about cigars. I was one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know what? You still are. I was too. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if we can do this or whatever. You know, as as things were being deleted today, some of the old shows to have more space on the uh, Ustream thing. Uh, boy, you know. You look back and you go, okay, that was a rough show. That was a rough show. The Nikolai Volkov one. Tommy Grella was like, I was the biggest wrestling fan ever. And maybe 20 minutes into the interview with Nikolai Volkov. Nothing. He's got nothing. He's Googling. He's like, uh, so many questions to ask. And he's just, his face is pale. First time I've ever seen Tommy Grella at a loss for words. And he's sitting next to an icon. His job is to interview him. And he's got nothing. It was it was actually he was awesome. Was he on for the whole show? Was it a full two hours? Uh, he was on for an hour with us. I see. Came on for an hour. hour, and we had about a, a strong fifteen minutes. 
strong is a, is a stretch. <laughs> yeah. And there was and there was nothing. And I and I and I'm looking over to him and saying, "You got anything?" Because I said to him, "Listen, you got to help me because I've never interviewed people. You know, I can interview somebody on cigar business because I can talk about yeah. anything." Yeah, because yeah, uh, Nikolai was a vegetarian. He doesn't smoke cigars. He yeah. doesn't drink. Yeah. He doesn't even drink coffee. Nothing. No. It's smoke. It's like what what you know what yeah, he ate about? an apple and a gla- and a and a bottle of water warm. Right. It had to be warm. Oh my God. Yeah, he wouldn't even drink cold water, so there was no food thing. There was no nothing, and I, I went into what, what I could do best in my old wrestling days and yeah. stop and talk about that, and uh, then that was it. And we, oh my God, and it was so many of that, that so many things. Uh, like that, that um, do you have, speaking of which, you guys have either one of you or both of you ask both of you the question. Do you have like a favorite show or favorite interview? Oh, that's um, one of the the best one we ever had. That at the end of it, we said that was awesome because it was so informative, even to us. We learned so much, and that was um, the Hazers Fuego Lost Show. Before we even started doing uh, we went real podcasts, we weren't recording at that point. It was just UStream, and something happened on the UStream server where everything looked normal. It's recording, everything's good, and then it's not recording. Uh, that was a big, big bummer. It was an early on. But it was sixth the, or seventh show. But it was the best one by far. I mean, it was like we we got it going on. That was really really good. And I don't know if we were able to duplicate it no, since because yeah, none of us <laughs> none of us could none of us could uh, wait to listen to it. We're all pumped right after the show. We all go in the office and two seconds it's recorded and then that's it. Nothing. Yeah, whatever ended up going wrong. But it was the producer then at, at the time. It really <laughs> that jerk was. Yeah, which was Mr. Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was a shame. Uh, you know what it was, though? It, it was almost we were all learning at that time uh, because we didn't know an, a lot about Jesus Fuego. So we were really intrigued by and we were asking questions on the fly. There wasn't anything written down, and we didn't know anything, and that turned out to be the best way. Sometimes I'm asked, not sometimes, almost all the time, I'm asking questions I already know the answers to. Mm. You know, this is the Cigar Authority. I've been in the business for a long time. We're trying to teach the people listening and help them along the way and, and make them uh, better consumers themselves. But I'm asking questions I already know the answers to. It's 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 a kind of a difficult thing to do, to try to think in the mind of somebody else and say they what, what they may not know yet. Uh, in this case, it, we did not know. You know how we got a start and all that stuff. So we were asking questions on the fly about what it was, and it came off very natural, and, and that's why it was good. But uh, other than that, not prob- like the, probably every other show has yeah, been terrible. The, uh, <laughs> the the show in Dave's office was like that, though. We had no prep yeah. for it. We just went in and we just started winging it, and we got into a rhythm. I, I really think that that might be the answer: is just find stuff that we really are interested in and talk about that. Awful scary though. Un- scary. Un- being unprepared yeah, oh. and not having. It. How about the shows that uh, you know I did a few shows completely by myself i did the one um and i remember when we when we had um tommy grella he ended up doing a show nobody was around and he did it and he brought in a consumer in with him and he said very very tough um yeah. and, and i know there's you know professional radio guys that do it every single day you know a guy like howard stern it'll go five days a week for five hours and he's been doing it for years and years he can really appreciate the art of this for a while wasn't he doing two shows he had his regular show and then he'd be he'd actually get on the phone and call from the sidewalk and walk into his second show and he was no doing... that was opie and anthony was that opie and yeah. anthony yeah yeah they actually did two shows a day five hours a day imagine that 10 hours a day doing this we do two hours a week and we have to prep for it yeah 
but locally you got guys like Howie Carr and stuff that have been doing it for years. Uh, in in I think he's uh, four hours a day, yeah, twenty hours a week. You know, well, we have a subject like cigars that how can you talk 20 hours a week about it um, where they can talk about anything, so they got a little edge there. But just to, in, to ho- hopefully intelligently discuss whatever thing you, you're trying to talk about for two hours is, uh, hey, anybody ever want to jump in? Let me tell you, it, it isn't as easy as maybe it looks or... or maybe it is maybe it is as difficult as it looks. <laughs> yeah. It's, so that's what I found in the, in the two years of doing it. And as time went on, it gets easier because I don't think we could be doing this at the beginning, just talking about what we've already done. Right. You yeah. know what's interesting for me from a production side was to see, like, you know, we, we tested different things. Now, if you look at our... If, we, if listeners were to watch us, watch us on Ustream or go to the Cigar authority.com and watch the broadcast you'll see that dave is sitting at a desk like johnny carson style it looks like a night show we've got the backdrop leather couch it's really it's a really cool set i'm ed mcmahon yeah, yeah right but if you go back to the other you shows no ed mcmahon <laughs> you see like we experimented so there's tables with you guys standing at that that was really fascinating to see and then before that it was just like you know sitting down and and, and just a cheers with like no table or anything right you know like so the evolution of the set has been really interesting. Yeah, and then yeah. from the production side, like the equipment, if oh, you guys remember when I came on board to essentially, you know. Yeah, you had some of my old DJ gear I mean, that we, we had were plugged into. set up as a DJ, and the equipment was piled up. It was two hours to set it up. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's cases nav- of equipment. Now it's yeah, like something would go wrong. We would be tracing a signal path for 20 minutes because that's how much cord there was. Probably 120 pounds, 200 pounds worth of equipment. Yeah, and everything was going wrong. Remember taking that stuff to the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival yes. and stuff, carrying all the equipment, and uh, you know, paying for the extra luggage and everything that went there, and then oh. taking the stuff. Uh, we from, almost didn't fit it into the car we had right. to pick us up. Yeah, a limo picked us up, and we couldn't even fit the stuff in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's been two years, but we got stories already. It's A, a lot has changed, it's, uh, and we, we got it down a little bit. Yeah. And the best part is being able to smoke on the air. What is the sense of doing it if you're, if you're really not doing it? You know, okay, we're going to make believe like we're cutting the cigar right now, and we're going to make believe like we're smoking it, and let's not talk about the cigar anymore because we're really not smoking it. It ends. You know, they do not do it, and so we, we do every show. This is in, happening in a studio. This is happening in a cigar store or at a cigar event. It's someplace uh, we've done cigar events, and we've done cigar stores, and that's it. It's got to be we've done it outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, we've got the Herf coming up at... Uh uh, cigar, cigar Bar Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Um, so it, it's someplace, uh, that isn't next week. That's like a few weeks from now, isn't is it? it? Yeah. I thought it was next week. No, it's March 3rd. March 3rd. Next week we're going to be oh, in I'm Nashua. Sorry. Yes, I had my stilly. I'm thinking in my DJ calendar of, of this weekend's already done, and I'm thinking next week is already this week. I need to sleep a little bit more. So That's what's going on. Uh, on our anniversary party, we'll talk about all... Uh, how this whole thing started and the idea and what we have planned for the future because we want to keep doing it. So uh, let's, let's move on. This flavor ban in Rhode Island. Flavor ban on? in Rhode Island. Uh, companies have filed suit to stop the flavored ban in Rhode Island. Uh, here's what happened. Um, signed into law by Providence Mayor on January 12th, an ordinance to ban couponing, banned price discounts on cigarettes, and prohibit the sale of flavored tobacco products such as cigars, pipe tobacco, which is almost every pipe tobacco, snuff, chewing tobacco, and snus. While menthol and mint and wintergreen flavors are exempt, 
Hmm, I wonder if there's anything going on there with huge tobacco money. Yeah, like pushing cools and Newports are okay, but fruity flavors, chocolate, vanilla, cocoa, herb, which is kind of going after the um, Drew Estates uh, acid type cigars. So if the government decided they didn't want women's fiction books out there, they could tax those, like my wife's book, Searching for Julia Stone, available on Amazon.com. If they wanted to do that, they could they could essentially make my wife no longer an author. As long as they kept, you know, whatever Random House's top book is, J.K. Rowling or whatever, his book, that's okay because he's got the money. My wife, who doesn't, works hard every day. I see how it is. Okay, new regulations are scheduled for effective March 1st um, is when the ban is to take place. But according to the CAA, Cigar Association of America, and the IPCPR, this is likely not to happen. Why is it likely not to happen? Because attorneys from Philip Morris uh, are working on a stay, uh, which means, um, you know, push it back or something. Stop it right now. And it seems like the uh, city will agree to it, uh, to hold it off for now, while they figure out the constitutional First Amendment rights. Uh, describing uh, the taste of tobacco. It becomes a freedom of speech because it's a description of the tobacco. As we're smoking the cigar, you may say, geez, number three has a little chocolate undertone type of thing. There's no chocolate in it, nor is there any chocolate even in a flavored cigar, nor is there any chocolate in a flavored pipe tobacco. It's some sort of chemical type of thing that's put in there to enhance the flavor. Sure. Listen, I'm not a flavored guy at all. I don't like flavored cigars. I don't like flavored coffees. I don't like flavored vodkas and things like that personally. But I'll I'll fight for the right for people to like it and, and uh, yeah. s- smoke it, drink it, or whatever. Uh, next is going to be flavored candles. It's not good. I mean, burning flavored uh, chemicals or something, that's not good either. But let people do what the hell they want Amen. is the whole thing. And that's where the First Amendment com- comes into play. Um, they did this in the uh, basically in the dead of the night uh, that they uh, enacted this thing, which is another thing, uh, you know, not letting even uh, consumers and manufacturers and, and people that uh, listen, you know, you get some some companies that are all flavored tobacco companies. Look at like Heaven Cigars, for instance. That's all they do is flavored cigars. What does, what does that mean? They're out of business. And they had no right to even go up there and fight and complain and say, listen, you're going to end up shutting me down because they do it in the dead of night. So this is the stuff that uh, has to stop. First-time offenders that uh, a store that would sell a flavored cigar in Rhode Island would be fined $250, and it would be getting worse and worse as they would get uh, uh, fine number two. And fine number three, they would lose their tobacco license. So basically, you sold three flavored cigars that you have in there, you lose your tobacco license, you're out of business. So uh, we're going to see, we're going to follow This is what, how this is happening. This is happening in Rhode Island right now as we speak. Looking in the crystal ball, I see Maryland is right behind it. When this stuff happens, it spreads like wildfire, and all of a sudden, this thing gets outlawed everywhere. You can't lay down on the government. The, the, their whole thing is they're going after... Places where they think they've got the leeway. They, they're, they're going after tobacco right now because it's popular to go after tobacco. There's not enough There's people. One out of a thousand people use this product, so the hell with it. You know, listen, you, you don't be in anything. And there's ways to end up, uh, for, for you listeners, 
to be part of the solution, to be heard, and the answer is join the CRA. Yep. The CRA is Cigar Rights of America. Um, it's CRA.org. Yes. There's an app for it, by the way. There is. Yep. In fact, we have a clip that we're going to be playing in just a little bit. Uh, that it that came through on the app. David and I were in his office doing some show prep, and boom! All of a sudden, his phone stops playing audio, and we're like, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah, and and and, and it's uh, Glenn Loop. Can we play that? Can we play that audio now? Yeah, let's do it, All Jim. Right, th- this is uh, Glenn Loop from the CRA, and he's going to tell us about uh, what's going on uh, against us cigar smokers. So here it is, Glenn Loop on the CRA. Hello, this is Brian Berman, Director of Membership with Cigar Rights of America. We're live here at the Tobacco Plus Expo in Las Vegas, and I'm here live with Glenn Loop, the Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America. We just wrapped up a wonderful panel discussion. Uh, Glenn, why don't you share uh, some of the things we spoke about, and I think you have some state updates as well. Thank you, Brian. We did. As a part of the Tobacco Plus Expo, we had a panel discussion with Bobby Newman, the Executive Vice President of J.C. Newman Cigar Company, Jim Young, the new uh, president of Davidoff USA, and Nancy Ellen Keene, who's an attorney with Troutman Sanders Law Firm and their tobacco practice unit. Bobby concentrated his discussion about how today the cigar retailer, the cigar manufacturers have to unite. They have to be engaged in the political process. This industry has to unify itself around threats that are not only smoking bans and taxation, but the awesome threat that the FDA poses to this industry at this time. Jim Young, the president of Davidoff, brings a unique perspective to all of this, and he provided an outstanding insight because Jim was the former president of Guinness Beer for the United States. And so he brings that perspective of how the the beer industry and the the spirits industry as a whole um, has helped to ward off the the forces of evil in our government on that industry. And there's a lot of case studies that we can learn from that. He also talked about how we can do a lot of things in the cigar business on self-regulation that could help preempt, if you will, things that FDA could say and do down the pike. Then Nancy Ellen King followed up with that on some of the technical aspects of what FDA regulation could mean. And just to give an example of, we got these great boutique manufacturers that are part of CRA, people like Pete Johnson and Dion with with Illusion and just an array of, of boutique cigar makers. Well, she started to talk about how some of the forms that these guys would have to fill out to register their products with the FDA could take 400 hours. 400 hours, much less legal fees to, to do something like that. So the panel discussion really highlighted the types of threats that are confronting the industry. And then we kind of dive into the uh, state update, and I want to provide that to uh, all of our CRA membership. Right now, we're confronting issues in a total of at least 18 states at this time, and there's a lot of tax issues that are kind of moving targets. But just to highlight some of the states, and then if, if our members want to uh, write us at info at cigarrights.org, uh, we, can, we can answer specific questions about issues in the states. Right now, we're confronting the tax cap issue in New York, an effort to close smoking ban exemptions in Pennsylvania, the proposal by the governor to raise the OTP tax to 65% in Maryland, a tax increase in Virginia, which we don't think will, uh, will survive for but a few seconds in committee. The effort to reverse the preemption clause in Florida, which would allow local governments to pass their own smoking ordinances. We don't have a lot of hope for that, but it's it's, it's a looming threat that we need to pay attention to. The statewide smoking ban in Kentucky, statewide smoking ban in Indiana. Uh, The effort to actually roll back 
a portion of the smoking ban in Illinois to, to essentially sell smoking licenses. Also, we hope the bill will be back to allow for smoking in gaming facilities in Illinois. There will be a referendum on statewide tax increases on tobacco in Missouri. We were just discussing the, the concept of a, a referendum in California that will raise the uh, OTP to between 70 and 75 percent on cigars. That will be going on the ballot in June. And the cigar business and all of our cigar consumers need to galvanize themselves on that. Also, we're monitoring closely. We feel like any day now the, the bill could be filed that would uh, ban smoking in cigar shops again in California. We have little doubt the legislation will be back. Hopefully it will meet the same defeat it did last year. An, an effort to roll back, well, I'm sorry about that, an effort to uh, in, in enhance, if you will, the smoking restrictions in Oregon. We're not really sure how that rulemaking process is going to go, but it's something we need to pay attention to. There is, again, the bill filed to uh, allow for smoking permits in the state of Washington that will allow smoking again in cigar shops and select bars and restaurants. Legislation filed to allow for smoking in state-owned casinos again in the state of South Dakota. Statewide smoking ban in South Carolina. The cigar bar bill in Massachusetts. And statewide smoking ban bills in Alabama, Mississippi, and West Virginia. If that doesn't give us an idea of what's going on in this country simultaneously, I'm really not sure what it does, Brian. But uh, it shows that cigar consumers have to be uh, diligent. They have to be attuned. They have to be a part of the political process, which was Bobby Newman's message this morning. So we, we just hope all of our members and those that receive our, our uh, email distributions and the like pay attention to our site, pay attention to our news releases, because there's a lot going on in this country that span literally from Los Angeles to Boston, much less what's going on in downtown Washington, D.C. Thank you, Glenn. And for more information, you can visit www.cigarrights.org. Uh, we have state associations there that you can look up, as well as uh, take action on the FDA legislation. This has been Brian Berman and Glenn Loop with your CRA legislative update, live from the Tobacco Plus Expo. And there we go. And that's very important, CRA.org. You can join this group, um, and it certain, certainly needs members. It's only $35 a year to join the organization. They're going to actually even send you free cigars just for joining, and you get a little membership card, and you get these notifications uh, like I do on my cell phone, or you can get it on your computer and let you know if something's happening in your area like um, the uh, flavored band and all these different things. Right now, we have the FDA uh, poking their head into premium cigars, and we don't want that to happen. Interesting uh, about the CRA and, and Glenn and Brian. They, so many organizations like this, they say they're going out and fighting for your rights and all that. These guys are so active. Oh, God. I sent them a message, and within 10 minutes, I had emailed to me a copy of the clip so that we could play it on the radio 10 minutes after I sent them a message. Very active and very interested in getting the word out. You couldn't find two harder working guys. Just for that reason alone, you should become a member because you know that your money is actually going in to people who are not only passionate, but are willing to step up yeah. and do what it takes it's to get the job and done. It's a lot of work. A it's lot a lot of work. Of work. You, got, you, got, you know, these guys are going to Washington, D.C. all the time, fighting over it. Never mind all the different state issues, you know, 50 states that they have to deal with. And it's a mess, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. So something has to be done. And though, what needs to be done is people in 
in numbers, unifying in numbers to be able to put a stop to things like this. So we, we have to change that. Time is flying. We're smoking three cigars at once, and when we come back, we're going to try to guess what they are. Is it Honduran? Is it Nicaraguan? Is, is it Dominican? Why have we thought what we thought? And... Uh, this is something we got to do with a, with a whole bunch of folks. I think it's very, very interesting uh, doing it myself. It, it, it's very good. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, folks leaving the cigar industry. Are they leaving or just reshuffling the deck? That's what's going on. Uh, a cigar, big, big name cigar manufacturer has a big name athlete jumping into the cigar business. We'll tell you about that. And uh, new cigar sizes from new companies. Very exciting stuff coming up. And also I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Jack who listens to our show every week. I saw him in the shop earlier Jack this week. Dorsey. And I would say, Jack, thank you for listening. Um, when we come back, also I'm going to explain uh, monsters are coming out again from Pete Johnson. The little monsters. We'll tell you all about that. Talking about cigar tax. 75% tax in New York right now. It's going to get even worse. We're going to tell you about that and, and lots more. A seven-foot sandwich that's outside our window. <laughs> this is a, a seven-foot Mo sandwich standing outside. So lots more. Stick around, folks. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retail. Radio Network. Mr. Jonathan here from the Cigar Authority. Every Saturday morning during my preparation for the radio show, I head over to visit my friend Scott and Moe's Italian Sandwiches here in Salem, New Hampshire. Scott makes my sandwich fresh right when I order it and makes it exactly how I want it. When I'm running too late to visit Scott in person, I simply pick up the phone and call 603-912-5336 and Scott delivers it to me himself. Delivery is free and is available every day. Moses is located right behind Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire at 5 Kelly Road. The next time you are hungry or need to feed your son's football team, please do me a personal favor and call my good friend Scott, 603-912-5336, and tell him that Mr. Jonathan sent you. Remember, you can't say no to a mo. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. Buying a good cigar will cost you a fortune. True! Well, not any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce you to Dos Ombre. Dos Ombre cigars are long-filled premium cigars that are so affordable, they've been named the best buy in the cigar business. 
And there's a Dos Ombre cigar for everyone. Dos Ombre White is the mild Dominican. Dos Ombre Green is the fuller-bodied Nicaraguan. Dos Ombre Red is the medium-bodied Honduran. And the orange one is the ill-tempered Mexican. No, there is no Mexican. No Mexicans at all? No Mexican cigars. Have you seen the dark and delicious box pressed? I have, and I love them. Have you seen the tins or the huge-selling new pencil cigars? I have, and I love them. Dos Ombre Cigars, the best buy in the business, period. Available at Two Guys Smoke Shop and Two Guys Smoke You're listening to David Garofalo and Mr. Jonathan on the Cigar Authority. And they wanted me to tell you about the Cigar Station. It's the world's first 24-7 radio station, custom programmed for cigar smokers and lovers of the good life. Enjoy cool tunes from familiar artists. Everyone from Van Morrison, Phil Collins, and Dave Matthews, to Paul Simon, Sade, and Tony Bennett. And stay informed with Cigar College, cigar news and reviews, and smoke breaks. Interviews with cigar-loving celebrities and industry personalities. Give us a listen. The Cigar Station at thecigarstation.com. The back of the box is where all the bull goes. But in this case, there's no box. It's a bundle. A bundle of Desperado cigars. As a matter of fact, there's no band. No fancy ads, no promotions, or any bull at all. Because that costs money. And Desperado cigars are about saving you money. These are not first quality cigars. Not seamless, not perfect, or spectacular in any way. They are not made with tobaccos aged for 12 years, nor have they some secret fermentation process. This is second quality tobacco made in the Dominican Republic that was formed into a cigar for you to cut, light, and enjoy without breaking the bank. We think they taste pretty good for the money. They'll smoke pretty well, and they are so affordable, it wouldn't kill you to hand one to a friend or two to enjoy with you. Desperado Cigars. They'll keep the bugs away and provide you with a nice, inexpensive smoke to experience for about a buck a cigar. Desperado. Streaming online at 1510thezone.com. WWZN Boston. This is the Cigar Authority. Go, Harry. Go! The authority on everything cigar. That's what I'm talking about! Featuring cigar celebrities from every major cigar brand. I gotta see some serious Awesome. With your host, David Garofalo. Do you know who I am? This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. And Mr. Jonathan. Mr. 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 Kind of a big deal. People know me. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Look at what we have here. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Who wants to have some fun? Oh, live here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. We're exit one off Route 93, doing the show live at Two Guys Smoke Shop. And we are chain smoking here on the Cigar Authority today. We're smoking a cigar from the Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Nicaragua, trying to figure out what it is. Hello to all the radio stations listening to us and watching us right now on the Cigar Authority. 
Is that my turn? That's you your turn. You want me to go now? WWZN AM 1510, The Revolution in Boston. WGHM 900, The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire. WARL 1320, Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island. WGAM 1250, ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. Also, catch us on replay on the Cigar Station twice on Sundays from 11 to 1 in the morning and 11 to 1 in the evening. That's www.thecigarstation.com and why listen live when you can actually watch this mess as David says Here we go. on our video streaming right on the cigarauthority.com and also podcasted each and every week for your downloading convenience on demand at the cigarauthority.com and iTunes. There we go. Three cigars we're smoking. Uh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What do you like? What do you not like? Let's go to Chuck first. Because, Let's go to uh, Chuck. <laughs> the newbie. The we're new- gonna throw it to Chuck. All right, guys. It's a heavyweight battle right now between number two and number three. It's like one minute. It's number three. Then I'll take a puff off number two and this a back number what, two. This is of what you like the best? This is what I like the best. Okay. And I'm going to stick with my guns here. I think number one is the Dominican. Uh, number two is the Honduran. And number three is the Nicaraguan. All right. I think that Chuck is, even though he's... So you've changed. He's changed. He's not yes. sticking to his guns. He's changed his answer. To your answer. To my answer. Which I agree to. Which you agreed. So right you guys are the authority, by the way. I'm not going to question the authority. No, don't. I want to know what you really think because you've tried different things. Are you caving on your idea because I did of cave. what we, I did cave. Because of what we think? Yeah, because you guys are the authority. Yeah. Maybe that's all right. Oh, all right. All right. Then there you was... know what? In the interest of being honest, I will I will stick with my original answer, which is number one is uh, Dominican. Ding. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Number two is Nicaraguan, and number three is Honduran. Okay. And why do you think number two is, is Nicaraguan? Do you have a reason? I, it's it's kind of like a spicy taste to it that I'm familiar with. That's, All right. It's just it's like a spice. You got a little okay, spice you, going on. Mr. Jonathan, have you changed your mind? I am going to say I changed which cigar I liked the most. Number two really came into its own on the second half of the cigar. It got a little sweeter. Uh, it really, really mellowed out, which makes me think even more that that's the Honduran cigar, because Honduran cigars tend to come off, to me, a little bit more powerful at the the beginning of them. And I never quite got what you meant by bite, because for me, the cigar, Honduran cigar tends to mature its way into something very phenomenal, rather than just have a little bite at the beginning and then get good. Yeah, early aggressive is a good way to say it, that a Honduran cigar, if you tend to like milder cigars like I do, um... It, it, smoking a Honduran cigar early on, and very, very early on, I don't like it because it's too strong, but then it gets perfect, and it's beautiful, yeah, and, yeah. and it's sweeter, and it's nicer, and I love it. The, but the, the very beginning is, is not so good. The number three cigar started off really good, and it's not that it got bad, but the Honduran cigar, or the number two, we'll say, because we don't know for a fact it's Honduran. Number two, where it got sweeter. Number three, stayed fairly consistent through the cigar. It was good. And the litmus test for me was I smoked each cigar by itself for a good solid inch to see what happened. And when I did that with number three, bam, head rush, more powerful. I'm going with Nicaraguan on number three. Number one, unquestionably, Dominican. It's a little bit underfilled. It'll be probably a disappointment when I find out what it is. It's probably something that I have liked. And smoking it blind, it turns out. Compared to the other two cigars, I'm certainly not interested in beating anyone up, but compared to the other two, it's just not stacking up. You agree? I do. And I and I do too. 
I mean, I, it's almost. Uh, uh, I, I think number three is unquestionably the Nicaraguan. It's the fullest body of the three. My favorite one is the number two, which is a Honduran. I wouldn't have said that early on, but as it's going, it's getting great. Yep. Uh, the first one is is uh, somewhat tasteless, uh, kind of grassy. Uh, that grassy I, that's is the word. Great, yes. It tasted it tasted a little bit like I, I wanted to ask if if cigars ever have a Claro binder. Because it tastes like uh, green, yeah, yeah, fresh mowed lawn. Halfway through it, it, it it's in its maturity, it got grassier. So uh, I'm actually almost wishing that we didn't unban them because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> when we find out what they are. It's blind, and we got to be honest. You know, I'd almost be happier if we found out it was your house brand or something, and then it's you were beating up. Well, it is what it is. But um, I had to relight a whole bunch of times because I've been doing a lot of talking. Keeping three cigars lit at the same time. I don't know how you guys did. You have to relight many times. When I relit um, number one, that's when I tasted it so strong of that grassiness. Sure. Look. Yep. Uh, maybe it would have been nicer if it ended up going through what it was, but uh, uh, number three is a little too strong for me. Very, very nice. I like it. It's a little too strong. I have an idea of which what every single cigar is. So let's go to you, Chuck. Do you have any idea what these cigars are? As far as me, all right. The no, brand. No, I don't. You don't even want to guess. I, and that's okay. I don't. All I, right. I'm going to venture a guess that uh, number three is made by uh, Don Papine. That's my guess. Number two. I'm actually going to guess the actual brand. I think I've smoked the cigar many times. I want to say that it's um, La Giana Maduro. That's wow. my guess. It it's also happens to be one of the only cigars that I know of as a Honduran cigar. Or I think I know that. And I've got no guess on number one as far as who makes it or whatever. i got nothing. Okay. And my guess is number one is Macanudo. Ooh. Oh. It is so mild almost tasteless, grassy, uh, which is a good cigar for a guy that just start out. That's when most people start out. As you get going in cigars, it's um, like somebody that's into into microbrew beers and stuff. You go back to Miller Lite and you go, look, Miller Lite. I mean, it has, it's like the Miller Lite of it. it there's not a, there's yeah. not a lot going on with number one right? Uh, on the one I have anyway. Um, you have no previous knowledge, right? No. Okay. Um, number two, uh, and you, it, it's funny you mentioned uh, La Giana, which is made by the folks at Camacho. Um, I think it is a Camacho. Oh, I like it a lot, and I'm right on the button with you as number three is not I think it is. <laughs> it is made by Don Papine. Uh, because there's a uh, this, that citrus, with the, what what most people think is is, is peppery. It's black pepper. Uh, I can taste it, strong as can be, or it's somebody trying to be uh, Don Pepin. Um, it, it definitely has that. It's Nicaraguan. It, it you know. So that's my guess. Macanudo, Camacho, and Don Pepin. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's look at at number three. Okay, number three, which is the, the full body. My favorite is number two. Right. Uh, 
It's Camacho. I happen to like it anyway. Uh, number three. There's a hint on number three, too. There is a hint. What is the hint? Triple cap. That's right. He always right. does that. So number three, let's peel that off. Tatuaje, which I'm not right. It's not a Don Papin, but Don Papin does make Tatuaje. All right. Don Papin makes it. So it's Nicaraguan. Don Papin makes it. It is Nicaraguan. We're pretty damn good. That's awesome. All right. Pretty good. That's That's good. And it's a little too full-bodied for me. So we'll go to number two. Oh, David. Did get a home run? I did. It's Camacho. Camacho. I've smoked a lot of Camachos over the years. Uh, they make a lot of things for me. Uh, private label. I know the cigar brand well. Uh, it had that bite at the beginning. Uh, then it got really good. That's what it does. So uh, I almost don't want to smoke the first five puffs of of uh, of. And you can't cheat in glasses before. You can't cheat and cut the. Uh Cut the first five inches off, and it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. The first five inches of smoking. Right, right. It's weird. Now, right. number one is going to be interesting. I'm scared myself. Oh, all right. Oh. I'm scared. Oh. Okay. We'll just leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Ashton. It was an Ashton. It's the Ashton Classic, which is a very, very mild cigar, Dominican cigar. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say other than... Uh, I didn't like it. It's too mild. I'm an Ashton Classic guy. I mean, an Ashton Cabinet guy. Their Ashton Cabinet, I find to be heads and shoulders above what a regular Ashton is. Uh, but a regular, um, it's, uh, I would say it's a uh, maybe a step up from a Macanudo, which is what I guessed. Uh, I would have thought for sure it was a Macanudo. You were pretty confident on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to revel in the fact that you were wrong. So that's it works out great for everybody. And I'm changing my mind again. I'm going back to number three. <laughs> well, this, this is the interesting Which part. Now, now, looking at the cigars you smoked, what did you smoke the most of? Number two. I did go all the same. I smoked them all right up to the band. That's when I was trying to test to see which one was uh, the Nicaraguan or Honduran. Number three. That's pretty close. Yeah, I was I was straight on to the band. On Number three, you smoked the most. Uh, right. I, I certainly I certainly by smoked the, way. the Camacho the most. I liked it the most. I Check out what shirt I'm wearing. You're smoking. You're wearing a. I'm a wearing a Camacho. Camacho. Where's the bell? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Look at that. So that's it. That's how it's done. And uh, I don't know what we learned. What what our listeners learned, but we learned a little something anyway. Absolutely. That you are wrong. They well, want to, I, they want to participate. That that is the consensus. They want to participate next time. Yeah, it, it's good, and, and we'll have to put something together and make it a way for you, for the folks that listen. And we'd have to do it a, a few weeks in advance of right. to get the packs and uh, end up doing it along because uh, it was very interesting and it's true to form, right? True, true to what we say. We taste in it anyway. Without a beard, it's very, very different. You, you, you know, you, you may think you like a cigar a real lot and uh, not like something else, and without a band on it, there's a whole different. Not only that, but but going back and forth between the three different cigars and the, the different complexities of each one. You know. And and this is the other interesting thing is to watch David smoke something blind because he actually he's genuinely friends with everybody in the cigar world. Sure. So he's not going to smoke a cigar and go. 
this is actually what I think about it, if he knows who it is, because he's not smoking the cigar, he's smoking his friendship at that point with the person. So this lets you know whether or not you as a person actually like the stuff that you're smoking and what you're going to go to when you smoke it. All cigars are good. They've never been better than they are today. I mean, um, because there's not a big boom going on and nobody's rushing the stuff, everything's coming in good anyway. Right. So as a retailer... Uh, we have to decide what we're taking in the store and getting samples all the time. And you see it, you know, you're in here all the time and you see all the different cigars I get. And basically, I smoke things that uh, are not on the shelf. Uh, if I do smoke something on the shelf, usually it doesn't have a band on it because I'm trying, you know, somebody gave one of the guys got it for me, peeled it off to keep me sharp. You know, keep me uh, knowing how the cigar is. And. Uh, this, this is a normal thing for me anyway. Three cigars at once, you're, you're getting a little... Uh, well, I'm little tired. Little... I, I should apologize to everybody. I really feel like I'm kind of off my game. It's been a, a little bit of a sleepless week with, uh, with DJing every single night, um, well, which doesn't of... happen to me all the time, and I'm happy to be making the money, but... I'm uh, I'm exhausted. Speaking of game, though, you guys have piqued my interest. You mentioned because I'm a sports guy, so you mentioned there's a there's a connection here between an athlete and cigars. There is. I'm uh, dying to know who the athlete is and what the connection. And is. this is probably uh, hopefully I'm I'm breaking a scoop here because uh, I just found out the other day, um, and uh, I'm not a big sports fan, but um, Rocky Patel and we were just talking about Rocky a little while ago. Uh, you know, I, I, they just had their national sales meeting, and and what's new, what's happening, what's coming out, um, and later this year, uh, Rocky Patel is making a brand for a famous athlete. Uh, again, not a big sports fan myself, but I've definitely heard of this guy, Gary Sheffield. Sheffield. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball player. Yeah. He uh, And he'll probably be in uh, the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, you're talking about a 500 home run hitter and uh, all that, and he was... Uh, really, his only downfall was he played for New York. Amongst <laughs> like 12 other teams. Well, yeah, yeah right. but I mean, New York... York Yankees and the Mets, so you got to hate them twice. Um, and you know, playing for a whole bunch of different teams is, is actually pretty good because th- they probably know him uh, all over. From what I understand, uh, he is not a beloved, uh, especially in the Boston area, not a beloved uh, athlete because of uh, he was the enemy basically. But he's retired. He, he got out of the uh, in 2010, I believe. Uh, uh, he got out and um, he's been playing since uh, 1988. And uh, a top guy who happens to Love cigars, and he wants to be in the cigar business. Huh. And he went to Rocky Patel, which is a good move. And uh, Rocky is taking on doing the distribution for it and everything. So you're going to hear of the Gary Sheffield, or lack of a better name, I don't know exactly what they're going to call it, but it's going to be his brand. And um, he's going to be going around uh, visiting cigar stores and. Uh, you know who who knows what you know how far it's going to go, but uh, we're working on trying to get him ourselves. Hopefully, we'll have him on the show, and we'll have to be better than we were. Interesting. It'd be great to have him in person so I can wear my Red Sox. Hat. Interesting factoid about Gary is uh, he was ranked sixth in the uh, in the league in 2010 as uh, hit by pitches. <laughs> He was ranked number six with 135 times he was hit. Oh, he that, crowds the plate. Yeah. He crowds the plate. <laughs> and it's not by accident. I, again, he <laughs> wasn't that beloved, I guess. But yeah, uh, he was fifth, fifth in hits and home runs in 2010, fourth in RBIs, third in actual runs, and uh, he was ranked second in walks, which is interesting. Yeah, nine-time All-Star. 
Uh, led the league uh, in batting average, 330. Total bases, 323. Uh, top guy, and uh, he uh, won the World Series in 1997 with the Florida Mariners. So this guy's got a uh, a big rap sheet, uh, along with a little steroid and a little uh, uh, getting in trouble by the law and stuff like, like they all do. But... Uh, <laughs> If you're not uh, cheating, you're not trying. Right. <laughs> uh, so we'll get more information on that, but there's a little, uh, hopefully, a, a little scoop that uh, the Cigar Authority got for once. And um, we'll look forward to it, and hopefully we get him on the show and uh, we talk to him about baseball and his love for cigars. Uh, what I would say to him is, uh, number one, is it hasn't worked for athletes in the past. Um, a, a lot of people have come out uh, with a name cigar, and it's going to be a major um, thing of how they price it and things like that because uh, they tend to want a lot of money. They used to make it millions and millions of dollars, and if they came to the cigar industry looking for that, it's not going to happen. Louis Louis, Leo, Louis, Louis Tiant has been pretty successful, no? Well, he's he's gone through four different manufacturers uh, over time uh, and basically failed three times, as far as I'm concerned. That um, it didn't work, and he tries another manufacturer, it didn't work, hmm. and the the latest cigar we've had of Louis Tiant's, I actually liked very much, made by Papin Garcia. Uh, it was priced fairly, uh, as opposed to uh, uh, real, real bad of. Uh, you know, uh, overcharging to try to, to make a lot of money. Well, interesting that he's that he's going with Rocky because Rocky's obviously one of the hardest working men in yeah. the cigar industry. So maybe that's a smart move, and he goes and actually makes it. Okay, uh, a little note just <laughs> past my desk that uh, this apparently was a secret not to be revealed. And nice. <laughs> I certainly apologize for that. Uh, I thought. Um, <laughs> This was a scoop, and I was. <laughs> oh, it's the best. This day is actually getting better as we go along. It is getting better. <laughs> Your face is actually red. Oh, it's good. Woo. All right, so we'll just move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, just stop talking about it. Like we didn't just. Uh... I apologize. <laughs> I, I sincerely apologize. I sincerely am enjoying this. Oh, it's good. All right, let's move on to the new Padron. Um, Are you sure you're supposed to talk about it? You want to just check your facts? <laughs> I mean, we could we could take a break right now if you want to just make some phone no, calls and make I, sure any of the other information you have on your desk. Let's there's... stop talking about it. Okay, let's move on, and you just don't bring it up, and then it just goes by. Uh, a new Padron is coming out, a new Padron anniversario called the Padron Number 4. Now, a Padron, uh, there is no Padron number four yet, but you would assume a Padron number four based on uh, what number fours are in the cigar world, which is usually like a Corona or something like that. Uh, Potagas number four and things like that. They're usually smaller cigars. This number four is a 60 ring gauge. They've never had a Padron 60 ring gauge. So uh, here it comes, and uh, we can expect this soon in an anniversary line, which the anniversary, a box press cigars. So I would imagine it's going to be box press. Then again, it doesn't say it. So uh, maybe it's not, and maybe I'm not even supposed to be telling you about this. <laughs> I don't know. No, this is, uh, this is information that, that was already in print. So uh, Jesus. 
Hey. Oh, I love it. Uh, it's going to come in natural Maduro. It's a Patron number four uh, in the anniversary line, and we can expect this soon. When uh, George Padron says soon, I don't know what that means. They say April 1st, um, which could you know, mean in the Padron world, July. Well, and but, this also is, uh, you know, if you talk about Padron and their consistency, Padron probably jumped on the 60 ring gauge bandwagon right when it got hot yeah. and sat on the cigars and made sure they were aged properly and blended properly and actually truly a great cigar before they're going to release it. So it's a, at this point it becomes highly anticipated yeah. and everyone's going to want it. I'm not a fan of the 60 ring gauges. They are selling like crazy. Uh, it is popular. What I find that happens in a, in a 60 ring gauge is, is it lose its flavor. What you would expect from that, whatever line it is, that comes out with a 60 uh, because there's so much filler inside of a thicker cigar, it right. kind of loses its flavor, and it actually is milder, and it doesn't have the, the flavors and tastes of the smaller ring gauge cigars. Um, hopefully, they juiced it up or whatever to give a, and, and I expect nothing less actually from the sure. Padrones that they'll make it so it tastes like a Padrone Anniversario, despite its 60 ring gauge. 60 ring gauge burns slower, lasts a lot longer. It's a good value. That's why 60 ring gauges are popular right now. Um, so we'll end up uh, watching what happens with that. Uh, this young man right here celebrated his birthday this week. He turned 18. And I here he him. is. I met him the other day. Happy birthday. Down. Happy birthday. W- welcome to the cigar world. <laughs> Got a whole uh, world ahead of you. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to regroup. I'm going to slap myself around. And uh, when I come back, we're going to tell you about uh, people leaving the cigar industry, New, New York tax, uh, Cuban cigars, the little monsters, and all the events coming up. So stick around, folks. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Flor de Lorraine. She came from the streets of Paris. Flor de Lorraine is a magnificent jewel of a cigar with a contemporary French style and prestige. Flor de Lorraine marries rare aged tobaccos in old world craftsmanship. Flor de Lorraine. Deep layers of lush tobaccos fuse in a symbol of charismatic intensity for luxurious expression with no concession. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's rich, bold taste with a little European flair. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover the extraordinary craftsmanship behind every Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. Discover Fleur de Lorraine's elegance, charm, and value. Fleur de Lorraine, now available in natural or Maduro. Discover Fleur de Lorraine cigars at fine tobacconists everywhere. Fleur de Lorraine. Fleur de Lorraine. From the streets of Paris to you. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi. 
This is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can get guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. This is David Garofalo of Two Guys Smoke Shop, and we're proud to say Two Guys is the largest family-owned cigar retailer in America. I've been there many times before, Dave, and it's true. It is stogie heaven. Two Guys has three locations, all conveniently located off Exit 1 and all right over the Taxachusetts border in New Hampshire. Take Route 93 to Salem, Route 95 to Seabrook, or Route 3 to Nashua, because for cigars, every highway leads to Two Guys Smoke Shop. Two Guys Rock. There's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border. Coincidentally, huh? It's no accident, and just one of the reasons Two Guys is the largest cigar retailer in America. Two Guys Rock. could be our cigar selection. Again, the biggest and best, I'm proud to say. Make the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free Salem, Nashua, or Seabrook, New Hampshire. Or find them on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. It's stogie heaven. You like Robusto, I'll take a Toro. You like Oscuro, I'll take Maduro. You like Perfecto, I'll take Torpedo. Sit back, relax, it's Two Guys time. The ads are all over TV and radio. Foreclosure, default, loan modification. If you're having trouble making your mortgage payments, before you give up, ruin your good name and lose your home, you need to call Paul Antonelli, that short sale guy. As a Coldwell Banker agent, Paul specializes in helping people sell their home in a short sale. You see, a short sale is a complicated transaction most real estate agents don't understand. Not every homeowner can qualify for a short sale, and some lose valuable time and money when they try the short sale process only to find that they don't qualify. Paul understands the process and knows the steps for a successful short sale. When you call, Paul will cover all the necessary details and tell you if a short sale is possible on your property. Remember the name, Paul Antonelli, or go to thatshortsaleguy.com and watch Paul's informational videos. Then call and let his expertise guide you to a successful short sale. You're at your computer now, so go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Paul Antonelli and the short sale team. Go to thatshortsaleguy.com. 
Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. And we're back with the Cigar Authority live at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. Mr. Jonathan running to get a few cigars. The choice now is you had three cigars. You can have one of any one that you already smoked again, if you'd like. And uh, I asked everybody which one they wanted, and everybody chose the same exact one separately, which is the Camacho. So of the three, that's the one we like the best. That's the winner. Apparently, because we've uh, uh, voted with our wallets. There we go. So that's how uh, that's the correct way to vote. Anyway, who's leaving the cigar industry, uh, and uh, or are they really leaving the cigar industry, or where are they going? Uh, Jose Sayas leaves Altadas. Jose Sayas is the man that ran Altadas, uh, the most uh, largest factory in the Dominican Republic uh, for years, um, and um, 61 years old. Um, he began working with them at the age of 24. Uh, he was hired as uh, an analyst for the crops and uh, became the president of the company, uh, running uh, the whole thing there in uh, La Romana, Dominican Republic. Um, brands uh, that he controlled was Romeo and Juliet, Monte Cristo, H. Upman, along with a whole bunch of others. And uh, we had an interview with him at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. Look at you. He's, he's cut- I'm actually going to prove it right now. He's I'm cut- cutting off. The part that would normally be the, the early the, bitter. The early bitter. Yeah, I'm going to see if it works. It doesn't. I've this tr- is true testing right here. I've, tr- I've tried it myself. Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, so, Jose Sayas, we've actually never run the interview of him. Uh, we were at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. We got in the can somewhere. We do. Uh, I don't know if it's um, no good now because he's gone or not. Uh, 61 years old, uh, loves the industry. Uh, we got uh, lucky enough to, to sit there and have an interview with him, and uh, he was all pumped up, and that was uh, about a few months ago, right? So uh, now he's out, uh, which tends me to believe that he is not out. He has moved on to greener pastures. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, uh, and i got to be careful of my facts. But... Um, he is gone from Altadas for now. Very, very important man for Altadas, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening with them. Uh, Eddie Ortega leaves EO Brands and starts Ortega Cigar Company. Eddie, or- Eddie Ortega um, had EO Brands along with Eric Espinoza, and they were acquired by Rocky Patel last year. So uh, they got um, uh, their brands along with a new brand that they, uh, I want to say created, but, uh, and I'll say uh, not much to that, they came out with La Bamba, which uh, was not a created brand, it was a copycat brand of may I say, my own brand, my, uh, a brand that I made with Pepin Garcia called Firecracker. Uh, Pepin uh, uh, was in the store doing a rolling demonstration some years ago. I had him make a uh, odd cigar, a, a short Robusto with a long pigtail at the end. He thought it was uh, loco, crazy. And uh, why do you want this? And how many do you want? And I ordered a couple hundred boxes. 
and I've made it uh, ever since. We continue to make it to this day. Uh, and uh, he thought it was the craziest thing. Next thing I know, the same factory produces a, a brand new brand that came out called La Bamba, which is the firecracker. Um, uh, I'm not too crazy about uh, that move, but uh, they know how I feel about it anyway. I'm just telling the folks out here in the audience. But uh, anyway, Rocky Patel uh, acquires or partners with um, the folks at EO Brand, and uh, everything seems to be going good, but all of a sudden, Eddie Ortega has left. Uh, his uh, first partner, Eric Espinoza, and Rocky Patel now, and off on his own once again, Eddie Ortega in his own brand. Um, and is it called Series D? I believe the brand is called Series D. It didn't work, by the way. I cut it off, and now all I just have is a shorter cigar that still has that early Honduran bitterness bite thing to it. Yeah. And I just have less cigar now. You have less cigar, and you got that. So the tank. answer is do not shorten your cigar to try to get past the Honduran bite. Deal with it, and you'll have more enjoyable smoke. Just a little, a little early aggressiveness, and as soon as you get past that, it may, some people may love that aggressiveness early on, uh, where I tend to smoke milder cigars. Not that I hate it. It's, uh, I would say, immediately lighting the cigar, I say it's very full body, and then it gets down to medium full. Yep. An inch into it, not even an inch, a half an inch into it. Well, I certainly cut an inch off, this so is maybe a, I can save this for International Pipe Smoking Day, and I can really interesting. smoke a cigar. I just lit the cigar, and I'm trying to get a draw. <laughs> I got something on my mind right now. Yeah, you but, do. Yeah. And uh, I tried to, and there's absolutely no drawer at all. I haven't cut it yet. <laughs> I lit it, but I haven't cut it yet, and i got to guess this is the first time in my life this has ever happened. So, yeah, no. something's on my mind. Yeah. So you're using your own cutter. You I noticed. Good. Thank you. <laughs> You know how I feel about people because slobbering Because I had it in my, my mouth, cutter. and then I used a cutter, and then somebody says, can I borrow your cutter? And my slobber is all over it, which we don't like. So We definitely don't like that. Now with the band on it, see if it tastes like any different cigar. Does it taste better? Does it taste worse? Or does it taste exactly as what we, what we did it? And here it is, very, very aggressive early. And I say, wow, a little too strong for me. And watch after a few more puffs how, how nice it really is. Uh, it'll, it'll get sweeter. It'll, it'll warm up and, and be my friend. A nice Honduran cigar. I like them. And they make uh, the folks at Camacho make a lot of, uh, make the red banded Dos Ombre for us, uh, which I love it. I love, but, but again, the early bite, because yep. that's what it is. Uh, it's, it's Honduran tobacco, and it is a 100% Honduran tobacco, where um, the, the the Ashton we smoked is Dominican filler and binder, but a Connecticut shade wrapper on it, and the Nicaraguan we smoked, which is Tatuaje, I believe is all Nicaraguan. So actually, Havy did did well. That you know, uh, besides an Opus X or something like that that uses a Dominican wrapper. Most Dominican cigars are not all Dominican because for years and years they could, there was no such thing as a Dominican wrapper. So it was a Connecticut shade. They're baseball players, but not rappers. Yeah. Grown in Connecticut. I believe that's true Connecticut on an on an Ashton, which is an expensive product, but true Connecticut grown in Connecticut. Are there cigars actually made? Are there any cigars that are made in Connecticut? No, not anymore. Yeah. 
No, there, there were Connecticut Broadleaf cigars like Topper, Topstone, Moneymaker, and things like that. But they're all out of uh, not not being made in, in uh, Connecticut anymore either because of the cost. But it's funny, uh, they've all pulled away from Connecticut and making cigars elsewhere into another country. But now we're starting to see a surge all of a sudden of Miami-made cigars. Uh, a lot of people out there are starting to make Miami cigars. You have the people from Oliva that are creating Miami cigars right now. Uh, Don Papin, who continues to do uh, some Miami cigars. Um, possibly the Tatuaje Brown label. I can't imagine it's completely still made in um, in Miami because there's not enough rollers down there in the, in the success. Production. Yeah, because it's very, very highly successful, uh, the Tatuaje brand. Isn't but, it interesting? When my wife was on last week, she said that smoking the cigar was a little bit different than she thought. She was expecting it was going to taste dirty or, or smoky, but in a bad way. That Honduran tobacco gets sweeter as the smoke taints the tobacco while you're smoking it. So you're you're smoking the cigar like smoking it, but you're also kind of smoking it like the same way you'd smoke meats, getting that sweet, smoky flavor to filter through and get absorbed into the cigar as you go along. I don't know about you guys, but I find that to be interesting. Question for you guys from the chat box. Not at all. Uh, they want to know if that <laughs> they want to know if that was the idea behind Nub, the idea of a shorter cigar getting rid of that bitter taste and you getting the sweet spot. Because it's not going to work. No, because if that tobacco has a bitter early taste on it. As Mr. Jonathan did, he he took his cigar and he cut an inch off it and said, okay, now let's see if it's still going to have that bit of taste. He cut it, now he just has a shorter cigar that has the early bit of taste. So that wasn't, that didn't play any kind of role into the No, no. I think Nub was going after the bigger ring gauge smoker and being able to say, okay, we can pack all this awesomeness into a smaller package. And Nub even went a step further and they're able to predict how long the cigar is going to smoke for. So you can look at the box and see, okay, this is a 30-minute smoke. Uh, really ideal for someone in New England and saying, okay, this little short cigar is definitely going to last a minute, uh, 30 minutes, or some of them go up to an hour. And it's so packed and so densely condensed in there, it'll hold its ash. You know, you really can, you can, you can get an awful lot out of Nub. Well, I, I know how Nub came about. Um, it, the, I'd like Jose Oliva to be here to tell the story, but um, I'll say it anyway because he's not here. Um, Nub came uh, to fruition actually because of the firecracker I told you earlier about. Uh, Jose uh, came into town, and it happened to be the day we received the first shipment of firecrackers that came out, and he was intrigued by the short format of the cigar. And... Um, he brought it to his attention of his people in the factory and stuff, and they created uh, short fat cigars, which is what the firecracker is, and um, beefed it up even more, made it even uh, fatter, and um, that where it stemmed stemmed out to. And uh, he told me himself, which was very nice of him to, you know, kind of okay the project type of thing. When I when I went down to Miami. That January, that might have been, that was actually uh, very close to 4th of July when we received the firecracker for the first first time because that was the launch date, 4th of July, firecracker, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, uh, when I went down, he said, you know, can we go out to dinner? I want to talk with you. And we went to dinner, and then he said, after we have dinner, uh, I want to sit outside with you and uh, have a cigar and explain it to you. And uh, he gave me a uh, unbanded short 
cigar and he says what do you think of this and um, I said wow interesting because uh, I had come up with a concept like this before which wasn't even that and um, he said uh, you know this stemmed out from the firecracker type of thing and there's no fuse on it there's no nothing but you okay with this and i said i'm very okay with it and we got on board from the with the initial launch of it and uh, uh he did the right thing you know had the people from la bomba and if i'm speaking out of turn i don't really care um had they come to you and said listen we're looking at coming out with this would you have been okay with that if they had come to you behind the scenes Probably not, because it, it's an exact, complete ripoff from the same factory and the whole bit. Yeah. You know, I would have said, you know what, you want to make different sizes and stuff? Let's like make some different sizes of firecracker and stuff. But, geez, you know, uh, you, you, you know what? There's no patent on it on, on size. There's no, there's nothing. It's just, it's such a small industry, and to, to, uh, I don't know, it's just a. I, I don't think the was, wrong way. Yeah, I don't think it was a cool thing to do. It certainly would have been. You know what would have happened if they ended up saying it? I probably most likely would have said sure you know i don't like to say no to anybody about anything and stuff and said you know uh, all right it's nice of you to ask or something but this happens all the time and uh you know this is the whole industry that it gets copied within itself and lots and lots of things are copied and i'm sure i've copied things not even realizing i copied them and you know or realized it who knows uh but that's what it is and uh you know I'll look at it, uh, you know, it ends up being the, the hugest, biggest thing and makes millions and millions of dollars. I'll always look at it and say, you know, that was mine. Yeah. You know, it should have been mine or whatever. And that's the feeling I get, and I hope I get over it. Uh, I'm over it. I mean, it's just a, as it keeps getting brought up or something, it's just a, you know, it's got that bit of taste. It's got that Honduran bite right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> Only it doesn't get better. So uh, I'll tell you what's not getting better. Segway, huh? Pretty good? Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, New York, which has a terrible, terrible tax uh, in New York at 75%, um, is, is looking at a uh, recommended, Andrew Cuomo, is looking to uh, change that tax in New York, but as far as I feel, not for the better. The current excise tax on cigars in New York is 75% of the wholesale value. Um, they would like to change that right now and make it 50%. That sounds better, right? 50% of the retail value. So now here's what happens. If a cigar retail costs you $10, it now costs 20 If a cigar presently would, now... Would that be 15 15 what? It's 50% of the retail, so it would be half. Double. Oh, no, that would be $15. That's right. Okay, yeah. Okay, so it ends up going 50% of the retail value, which becomes $15. So a $10 retail cigar costs 15 A 75 on the wholesale is actually a little less. So this is actually an increase. This is a tax increase. So they're playing tricks with the numbers, making 50% look smaller, but the reality is it's of a bigger number. A much uh, bigger number. And uh, they're looking to raise the price on loose tobacco to $4.53 an ounce. So you understand what an ounce is. You know the little little uh, bags of pipe tobacco, the smallest little bag of pipe tobacco, which is a little a Captain Black pouch? Yep. It's about a two-ounce pouch. The tax on that two-ounce pouch would now be $9.06 tax. Tax. Just the tax. You haven't paid for the pouch yet. And the pouch is under nine dollars. It's only five bucks for a pouch or something. It's nine dollars tax. So fifteen dollars for a two ounce pouch 
of pipe tobacco. That's so they, not cool. So they're losing their minds. Again, uh, CRA is the cigar rights of uh, America, but I, I hope they're looking at what what's happening to the pipe people because they don't, got a, they don't have a lot of people helping them. It's just ridiculous. And as you said, uh, it's, it's just picking a small group of people and, and taxing the hell out of them and hurting a small group. There's got to be a law against this. What about having a flat tax so everyone pays? On everything. Yeah. How about leave people alone and let them do whatever they want to do? Leave them alone. You want you want to make, uh, you know, you, you got a meals tax or a sales tax at five percent. You want to do a, a tax on on uh, pipe tobacco and make that five percent or something like that. Nobody gets hurt. What happens here is people are going to go out of business. People are going to lose their businesses, and the people that work for them are going to lose their jobs. Nothing good is going to come out of it. What good could possibly come out of this? That the state is going to make a whole bunch of money? They're not going to make any money. People are going to go out of business. They're going to make less money than they were doing if they taxed at 5%. This thing has been proven over and over. Rhode Island's the perfect example. Rhode Island put a 50-cent cap on their cigars. It used to be a 30% tax. They changed it to a 50-cent cap, meaning 30% up to 50 cents. So if you bought a $10 cigar, the tax is 50 cents. It's a cap. When it was a ten dollar cigar and it was a thirty percent tax, thirteen dollars. I mean, right. th- yeah, thirteen dollars. It ends up being a thirteen dollar cigar. And when tax. they put a fifty cent cap on it, you know what happened? More people bought cigars. More people bought cigars, and the total amount of money they collected was more than it was when it was at thirty percent. They made more fifty cents than they did three dollars because people were choosing not to buy them in that state. And what they would do is buy online or buy elsewhere. If if the plan is to make people stop doing it, they will not not stop doing it because you can buy it out of state. You can buy a mail order. So that didn't. If that was the plan of what was going to happen, but the, the the House Ways and Means Committee is the one that put the law into effect. And the Ways and Means, the money created, is what they tried to do. This was all about making money. So they they saw that making $3 on a cigar, they were making less $3, less amount of $3 purchases, that if they made it 50 cents, they actually made more money. It's that simple. Can I be that smart? That's an eye-opener. Am am I that smart? No. They are that dumb. I can attest to this. David is not that smart. No, I'm not that smart. I hang out with him every single day. He's really not that smart. And if he's thinking of it, you you politicians can think about it. Andrew Como, take your head out of your tushy. Get it together. If if, if it's trying to make money, 75% of nothing is nothing. All right. We only have a few minutes left, and you did tease about the... uh, the mini monsters, the little monsters. What's going on? Little monsters. Uh, Pete Johnson, Tatuaje cigars that we smoked each year near Christmas time. He comes out with his monster series, and uh, very successful. He's been doing it for uh, five years now, and this year's monster series that's coming out is going to be the Mummy. Um, he has done um, uh, the uh, Frank, which is the Frankenstein one. He came out with the Drac. He came out with the face a couple of years ago we smoked. Baby face, yeah. Um, um, the Wolfman, and this year is going to be the Mummy. Uh, but this year, uh, and coming out real soon, he is coming out with a series of little baby monsters or little monster series. So it's coming out in that? June. Small cigars. Um they will be, uh, I believe, about four and a half inches by 50 short Robustos, and it'll be a sampler pack of 10 cigars consisting of two of each of the Monster Series of the past. Same blends of the ones that 
if you never got to try them, which uh, the early ones, I never even got to try myself. So I'll be seriously interested in this. There'll be 5,000 sampler boxes produced of this uh, all around the 4.5 by 50 size, five uh, of each monster. you got, instead of the Frank, it's going to be the Frank Jr. Instead of the Drac, it's the Little Drac. Instead of the face, it's the Baby Face. Instead of the Wolf Man, it's the Wolfie. This one's my favorite. And instead of the, the, the mummy. mummy, it's the Mini Mum. The Mini Mum. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty original. Uh, everybody's got a smile on their face uh, as I as I say it. I'll be looking forward to it. Uh, I have no pricing on it or any information, which is normally what I get out of uh, Pete Johnson. is not much information, but that's what I got so far. I look forward to it, and uh, I think it'll be good. We, we touched on the subject a little earlier that um, uh, Whitney Houston passed away. Uh, now, what does this have to do with cigars? I got a little something about cigars. I'm trying to, you know, where is their cigars related to uh, Whitney Houston? Uh, Bobby Brown's sister, Tina, um, sold photographs revealing how Whitney Houston has had turned her bathroom in her mansion into a crack house where she and Brown smoked Havana cigars split open, laced with marijuana and cocaine rocks. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm not really sure that that's good information not, for the cigar world. No, but that's what, uh, that was her touch. That's a with, terrible tie-in. Just my personal opinion. Well, it's a fact. I would rather just not, not talk a, about not it. Not it's a fact. That's from the Daily Mail in the U.K. That's the information <laughs> I got from them because that's alleged. And, alleged. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I, I would like the uh, Cigar Authority world to understand that I have nothing to do with whatever David just read. I wasn't even really listening. As you mostly don't do. You just uh, wait to talk. Right. Uh, one thing else I want to uh, mention is uh, new Cuban cigars that are coming out. Not new new Cuban cigars, but cigar brands that are coming out uh, that you do possibly know well, like Punch Cigars, for instance. At the bottom of a Cuban Punch Cigar, you'll look at the at the very bottom of it. If you, of the label. Of the label. And it says Punch Habana, and at the bottom it says Manuel Lopez. Manuel Lopez is the guy that created Punch Cigars before Fidel Castro came in and stole these people's livelihoods and their companies and threw them out and took over everything. You know, it's a communist country. He's the dictator, and he ends up owning all these brands. Well, um, Cuba has decided um, that they're going to change the bands now of a lot of these brands and remove the name of their makers, their creators, off the band and put the word Cuba instead because they own it and these guys are gone. So as much as I hated Cuban cigars and the whole thing about Cuban cigars, I hate it even more. They've also done this on Partagas, which uh, had Cifuente on there. And I was lucky enough years ago to meet um, Ramon Cifuente, and, uh, who's passed away since, and his name is on the Partagas Label. Bottom of the label. Not anymore. Again, now is Fidel Castro's Cuba is applied onto it instead. And this is happening So on all their brands. Frank Herrera was the person who hated Cuba the most, and now perhaps you've passed him. No, but he's got to hate it more because he's got it right into his family and all that stuff, That what they've done to his family personally. Uh, it's just wrong, and uh, as much as I... 
is I dislike what has happened to that company. I dislike it even more, and that's one of the reasons why. And it, it also happened on Romeo and Juliet and uh, lots of other brands. So as you start seeing, or if you're dealing with these illegal Cuban cigars, which you shouldn't because it's illegal in this country and it's against what we stand for, um, not only is it against the law, it's, uh, it's wrong and it's giving money not to the nice people of Cuba, it's giving to the dictator of Cuba because those people get nothing. Nothing. So uh, that being said, uh, that's it. We've got lots of events and promos coming up. Next week, for example, we are live in Nashua, New Hampshire, at the Two Guys Smoke Shop in Nashua. This Tuesday is Fat Tuesday, the last day before Lent. I'm going to break my uh, my hunger strike. Uh, right, your hunger strike. For a day. Uh, Pro Cigar in DR starts Monday. Monday, this Monday, Pro Cigar. I know a lot of folks are going out to that. We'll find out all the information. Don't forget, March Madness Sale at Two Guys Smoke Shop is Friday, March 2nd, right here in the Salem location. It's a big, big sale that goes on. You don't want to miss it. Come by anytime, 10 to 10 on Friday, March 2nd. The following day, we will be at the Cigar Bar in Worcester for the NERF. That's the New England Hearth. And if you want to register, there are some spots left. N-E-R-F-R-E-G at gmail.com. That's NERF Reg, N-E-R-F R-E-G at gmail.com. One word, nerfreg at gmail.com. Write to them, and you'll be one of the 150 people there, not only watching the Cigar Authority, but being part of a great, great uh, event that happens there every single year. So that's it for us. Flew by. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Catch us next week in Nashua. You've been listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retail Radio Network.